everybody, and welcome to an out-of-this-world wild ride with Steve-O. We've got one of the founding members of Blink-182, Tom DeLong, who happens to be an expert on UFOs and aliens and maybe in some trouble with the government. It's wild. And he might be about to scare you a little bit, talking about aliens, how real they are, the UFOs. Maybe there's threats that you can't even see. Actually, you know what? There are definitely threats that you can't even see. I don't know if they're aliens, but there are definitely people creeping into your phone, creeping into the computer, hopping on the Wi-Fi, stealing your information and your money. Not cool. That's why I use NordVPN, because... I don't need people stealing my information and my money. That's what NordVPN does. It's called Virtual Private Network. And it just makes it so that nobody even knows where you are. And not only does that make you safer from cyber crime, but this is the best part. It You can just be anywhere in the world that you choose. Right now, I'm at home in Los Angeles, right? If I wanted to uh, use my NordVPN to... Just be in England because, in my opinion, British people make way better television. Maybe I want to watch all the cool shows in British Netflix. No problem. And guess what? I'm about to leave my house, go to the airport, and fly to England. And that's where I'm going to be this weekend when the UFC fights are on. But do you think I'm going to let the the out of of uh, range, whatever, you know, not in the boundaries of where you can watch. No, because I'm going to be in England and, and I'm going to actually be in America watching the fights because I got NordVPN. It's the best, the greatest. And man, they're going to hook you up. They've got a deal for you. If you go to NordVPN.com slash Stevo or just use the promo code Stevo, you get a huge discount on your plan. Plus, they'll throw in an extra month totally for free, and it's risk-free with the 30-day money-back guarantee. But I don't know how you couldn't be more than satisfied to know that you are protected from cybercrime, enjoying awesome content from all over the world, and you're getting a huge deal for it. So go to nordvpn.com slash stevo, or use the promo code stevo to jump on this deal, because man... I don't want you getting robbed, and I want you to support the podcast. So get on over to nordvpn.com slash Devo, and let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom DeLong. Hi. Hello. dude. This is my co-host, Scott Randolph. What's up, Scott? Greetings. Yeah, thanks for doing this, man. We've uh, just worked our way into your day of recording yeah yep you uh i sh- fucking walk outside and there's like a van no actually <laughs> what really happened let me actually tell you the real story i walked into the kitchen and the dog is sitting there <laughs> like perfect like a fucking canine from the fbi and i found out that one of the groms gave him some bacon yeah <laughs> so i get it and I come out and here's the van, you got air conditioning, you let me choose the color. I'm like, this is like the easiest interview ever. You got an awesome dog and uh, and it's cool in here. And you know, you guys are just quality people, you know? Well, thanks man, I appreciate it. So, so what is it that you're recording? I'm recording uh, guitars and I'm doing, um, working on a live album uh, for Angels and Airwaves right now. Nice. Yeah. 
Good shit, man. So we're about the same age, dude. I, I was born in 74. You're you born. are, but you're so much more mature than me. You know, that extra year you got on me is like super, like just life experience, you know? I, I mean, who knows, man? It's good stuff. Um, I had uh, an experience, you know, I was on Cameo for, uh, I think it was, like, I was on Cameo for a minute there. And I had like uh, the one request that came from uh, like a, a legit thing was Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, what like what request in what way? I don't, I don't, I don't, I what they requested for you to do a cameo for them to, to promote some. I forget. I forget if it was if it was uh, a music project. Uh, you know, that's rad. That's rad. Like record labels are going to cameo. Girl, we need to get some like fucking some quality people to talk about that yeah like restaurants are getting snoop to like promote for their business you know it's like yeah, snoop's like it's usually 50k but on cameo it's like 1500 bucks and <laughs> yeah. like, it's a workaround i know it's yeah. weird and um I, I was so happy to do it and I, and I recorded this video saying that in year 2000 before jackass came out and while i was working as a circus clown in a flea market <laughs> everyone starts out things this way <laughs> i was at a Blink-182 concert in Miami, I believe it was American Airlines Arena, and I started out at the top of the arena and walked down all, all the stairs just in one of the aisles, like, on my hands in a handstand. That's funny. That one, uh, I was just really, really proud of that. I also once got kicked out of a Kiss concert for, for breathing fire in the audience. <laughs> Because uh, they don't like fire and kiss. They've never used it. They don't like it. Well, I wasn't. The band wasn't mad at it. Well, actually, maybe the band was mad because I blew a bigger fireball than Gene Simmons. That's what I'm saying. It's really about egos here. Yeah, that's I'm, funny. I'm surprised you guys never crossed paths in the early 2000s. We did. I, I met you, um, Bam, and some of the other dudes um, at a few places. It was always like in a crowd backstage or at like a snowboard event or a skate event yeah. or some shit. Um, and, but we did, but it's not like we ever hung. Um, but the thing that's funny is like, like growing up a skateboarder, that was like my, my life. Right. And, um, my friends were exact blink came out of a group of skateboarders that was exactly like you and all your buds. Like, so it's funny when you meet, when I met them or we cross paths or whatever, it's really the same culture. It's, sure. it's different than skateboarding now in many ways where, you know, now you got a helmet and a skate park. <laughs> it's like we're like yeah. we'd fucking jump people's fences when their pool wasn't full yet. You know, that's the only yeah, pool yeah. you got. You know, until they catch mm. it. So, but the, so the culture back there was super unifying and like the warp tour and all that shit. So like, um, whenever we would hang with anybody affiliated with you and your friend groups and, and all the jackass shit, like it was very like, oh yeah, these are like my neighbors. You know, yeah. these are the dudes I skate with every day, and I try to explain that to people about that about growing up and skateboarding that way, like. You know, and that's what Blink, that's where Blink came from. Except we were also kind of involved in surf too. I wasn't into surfing, but Taylor Steele and all that shit, um, they had a really strong culture too. But that's they're, they're like, but they're all like the Colgate smile, like good-looking surfers and shit. Like yeah, skateboarders yeah. were all fucking dirty and slamming on the concrete. It's a little bit different, you know. Yeah. Um, when uh, they, they like the early two thousands, when we would have met, like how loaded would you have been? On drugs or what? Uh, yeah, or, or money? No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like drugs. And <laughs> drugs how, how rich yeah. were you? I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> such a great answer. Both good questions. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, you know, I don't know. Well, back then, like, I was always stoner. Um, I had a lot of fun with p 
pills, narcotics for a long time, and that almost fucking killed me. So I think I got out of that. Alcohol was... I used to tell people I don't drink because I don't like alcohol. Well, I drink when I play shows. Well, I play shows 10 months out of the year. <laughs> I was like, fuck! You know, like, <laughs> fuck, I'm like, you know, you walk around with, like, no, I don't drink that much. You know, but I'm like, fuck, I kind of, I've had my time, you know, and uh, I'm just thankful that I got out of it decently clean, you know, but I'm, um, yeah, it's hard. Like, you know, it's like, it's fucking hard to be young traveling around with a job where you don't really have a boss, you know? Right. And you're kind of like rewarded for being a shithead. Uh-huh. You and, know? and you work one hour a day. <laughs> and you could choose if you even want to do that, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Like, uh, I went through the airport with somebody and uh, they're like, oh, I got weed on me. And I'm like, you have weed on you through the airport? He's like, yeah, you can't do that. And it's like, you guys grew up in the generation where you were touring where you couldn't even like smuggle Dude, weed through the airports. One time, because we would get these fucking, um, we would get these like private like shuttles at airports so kids wouldn't bother us. Yeah. And so I remember this one time I had a bunch of weed in my suitcase and because, you know, whatever, they don't, they, I could see them checking my pockets and my carry on, but the shuttle group with just our band took us into a private office and said, okay, they're going to bring security and just check your luggage here. And I was like, Okay, well, I wonder if they're going to go in my suitcase. I didn't. I thought it would just run through an X-ray, not a big deal. Well, um, there's two dudes, and while they're look, one guy's looking at one, one guy's looking at the other. I just kind of open mine up, and I just fucking, uh, I, I shuffle something, and then the guy gets up and leaves. The other person goes, "Hey, hey," and I go, "What?" He goes, "He went to go get more security because they saw all this fucking pot in my bag," and I was like shit so i just grabbed it and i ran out of that room and i took off down the terminal to a bathroom and like fucking <laughs> threw it all threw it all away i come back and there's three of the big fucking security dude uh, uh authority dudes in there and um they don't find anything I'm like, hey what's going on yeah they obviously didn't find anything so i'm like okay maybe i'm cool maybe i'm cool and then i get in the car they lock everything up and i get in the car now they're driving us on the tarmac to the airplane just to skip the gate and everything and i'm like okay we're cool we're cool and then right when we get to the plane right before we get to the plane a cop car goes right behind us on the tarmac and i was like fuck, I hope they're not here for me. Like, I don't know what they're here for, you know? But then all of a sudden, like, we get on the plane and that cop car just parks and they come on and then they're on the plane looking. And I'm like, fuck, I hope they're not here for me still, you know? And then that's all cool. And that didn't happen. So then we're flying. And then right when we land, my security guard um, goes, um, he goes, you just go straight to the van, don't get your luggage, you know? Um, and so I did that. And turns out they put these stickers that I didn't even know existed on my luggage. It says the letters DE, which means drug enforcement. So they just, if they think there's something there, they stick it and they call ahead. And so if you see cops at a baggage claim waiting around, they might be looking for that sticker. They'll grab that luggage. It's, and so like, wow. and that happened. So my bag came out with drug enforcement stickers on it. And my security guard, my, my bodyguard did just rip the stickers off and took it because he knew what to look for. Um, so it's kind of sure. like in, what a yeah. great story that was. Yeah. Well, it's just like... I really enjoyed but that. But you know what's stupid about it? It's fucking pot. It's like, <laughs> dude, this isn't like... I mean, right. dude, this is like the, literally the one thing that doesn't kill you and doesn't addict you and doesn't really fuck you up other than you eat a little bit and say some dick jokes. But like... <laughs> It's so retarded, like right. the whole thing around weed, and yeah, you know. Did you it, it, did you have any cool places where you used to try to smuggle drugs in different states my butt, or countries? Usually my butt. Like, <laughs> no, um, no, like uh, it's. I was always. I was never pulling that shit like international. 
Like, the yeah. last thing you want to do is go to jail in fucking Peru or something. Not that we ever toured Peru, but you found a dog in Peru, yeah, which is awesome. Um, but, so I never did that. Um, you just try and find things there. But I wasn't really into... I wasn't that gnarly about it, like, back then. Like, now I kind of go, if I go on tour, I, 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 how do I get weak? It's, it's so boring. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? But um, back then, it was like... I, I just wasn't that crazy about it or I had prescription pills that was like my thing because I broke my back like I had like multiple herniated discs and they broke in pieces tang <coughs> tangled in my sciatic I was like on a cane for like a year how'd you break your back well just long time playing guitar hunched over and launch ramps remember launch ramps were so yeah, big dude. when we were younger yeah <laughs> what the fuck were we thinking we were up and then slam on like eight feet bam over and over again and then we're like maybe that wasn't the smartest way to do it but did, did you ever like Ollie off the lawn chamber was you're an early grabber. I was an early grabber because I just yeah. never had the the I just never had the chops to do me, me either. transitions like oh you made me feel better okay I, good yeah me me either I I I had a little phase of ollieing off him and it, it was very brief remember, remember Nottis oh my god Nottis it, it it breaks my heart that he doesn't follow me back on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> I have a Nottis board that I made into a. Uh, like where the wheel, or my, my girl made it for me. The wheels are light bulbs. It's on the wall, so it's a lamp. That's sick. It's the, dude, it's got trucks and the wheels are light there bulbs. There was like a whole time frame in skateboarding where it's like, not as cop, it's not as cop. It was like the dude, raddest he's, name. He's the raddest, I, he's just the raddest guy there ever was. I mean. Dude, he would do shit, but he would ollie off these launch ramps and embankments and he's like 18 feet in the air and you're like, whoa. Right, when, when he board slid the, the crossbar on the Jeep. Oh, dude! You know who else is rad like him is Jeremy Klein. Jeremy's oh, yeah. a friend of mine, and um, I haven't talked to him in years, but I used to skate with him all the time. And Jeremy was like that, like where here's like a beautiful ledge to skate, and he's like, "But look at that little bump over there with weeds on it and a rock and like trash." And yeah. he, he goes to that one time. I slammed so hard that I thought I was dying, right? And he comes right past me, and I'm in the worst pain still. I haven't, like, come out of it yet. I'm, like, literally think I'm dying. And all he says is, that's what you get for ollieing. Because he spent the whole day doing slappies. <laughs> Just fucking slappies. And because I ollied and ate shit, like... So uh, rad, man. I, like, he was in the Rubbish Heap video. Which Dude, was, I remember that. I don't remember the video, but I remember that name. The Rubbish Heap video was Spike Jones's first ever video project. Spike Jones. There was a video for World Industries. And Jeremy Klein was in it. Jeremy Klein was in the end and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, I, lo I so love good. that we have the, the skateboarding in common. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you ever? Did you ever do like a, an early grab three sixty off a launch ramp? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> I'm like straight up melancholy's methods and shit. Maybe yeah. try a judo. Yeah, back dude, in the nice. day. You know, like, I remember the day I was skating um, this place and, like, this dude shows up with pitch black hair, punk rock dickies and shit, and he's doing 360 fucking varial flips or something to, to disaster slides, and it was Hensley. Wow. And I was, like, floored, because this is that, that, at that moment, he is the guy for street. Sure, you know, he, street. he was, yeah. And I remember, like, going... I don't know if my fucking judo is good enough, <laughs> you know, but I couldn't flip the board. I mean, now these groms are like fucking 360 foot. They stand in a parking lot and do it for months until they can do it. And I was like, couldn't, I can't do that. Like it's so, it's so you know. insane. I don't know how a kid could be introduced to skateboarding for the first time, see what the pros are doing and be like, Oh dude, I'm going to get into this. this it's so gnarly. <laughs> I mean, it's so gnarly that people are like, well, kickflip is just like the beginning of what I'm doing in the air. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the first of three things I'm yeah. doing. It's Dead. just, but the flipping stuff was just taking off when I was skateboarding. Cause I really stopped skating when I got in, 
when I got out of high school and I started touring, and I was like, I can't break my wrists. You Did know? you graduate high school in 93? 93, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I had to like, I just couldn't do crazy shit. I was, go- I was always like going on tour, so. That's crazy that, that Blink was formed when you were still in high school. Then, 16, huh? yeah. That's why, uh, that's why the dick jokes were just so great, you know? Like, because we were just right in the middle of where, yeah. when they should have been great. And so now, you've got, uh, are you more in, like, the the TV film stuff than music? Kind of both. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty heavily into the film stuff. Um, I put out a movie called Monsters of California, I made a movie called Monsters of California. We launched the teaser trailer for it a few weeks ago. Um, the whole thing, that'll come out this year. Um, but that's like this rad indie um, story about three skateboarders, but our kind, you know, like just actual like fucking dirty dudes. And it's funny, which was funny because every time I was talking to people in Hollywood about this, like, like or when I was getting it developed and setting it up, I was always just like, okay, you know, when, when I say skateboarding, I was like, it's not what you think because I know what you're thinking. You see kids with helmets running around all perfect, like a skate park. I'm all, I go, it's like, and I would always go back. Oh, it's like Steve-O and Bam and the guy. I mean, that's my friends, okay? That's who I grew up with. Just picture those guys as my best friends. You know, that's who's in this movie, you know? And I, you can't ca- you can cast skateboarders and stuff, but um, for me, we did, like, we. I found three dudes that are, like, you know, like 17, 18 years old is what they play. And um, But they're just edgy, just boys, you know? And it's cool because I... I until mid '90s, when Jonah Hill did mid '90s, I was like, I've never seen anything where they captured skateboarding in the way I knew it. Right. And that really reminded me of like the hot summer days, like getting into trouble and and everyone's really rough around the edges, you know. So Monsters of California is these three skateboarders get all fucked up, mixed in with all this paranormal stuff, government stuff, and there's UFO stuff, and um, and then that kind of was the beginning of setting up like a whole bunch of other films that I'm doing. And these are big science fiction things. Um, yeah, I saw and, like, uh, was it like a deadline article about like, you're, you've got like a series based on your yeah. book about UFOs. And then yeah. now there's like a subsequent series to that. Yeah. So legendary picked up, um, my books called secret machines. It's like these 700 page novels that are about UFOs, a uh, story about UFOs, but it's all government. It's all like military industrial complex. Think like Area 51, CIA, Department of Defense, um, and then their counterparts in other countries. And then intermixed with that is some of the things flying around are, are totally different entirely, you know? Um, and so that's, it's a big deal because this is, the, this is the true story of UFOs, of what's been going on with our government and everything else. So. I think Tom DeLonge might be out of his mind because the guy's just like trying to get himself in trouble with the government. And that's crazy. You could say that he's living on the razor's edge. And when it comes to my razor's edge, I only go to one company. It's called Harry's. They make the best and no frills, classy, good-looking shaving products that are so affordable. And I got to say, I am embarrassed of all the years that I used those vibrating, gimmicky, like super overcharging dumb razors because Harry's just it's everything I need and if you're a first time Harry's user man are they going to hook you up you go to harrys.com and you get the starter kit which is the weighted ergonomic handle the five blade razor you got the the travel case which protects the razor and you've got the foaming foaming shave gel 
It's everything that you need. It's a $13 value, and they're going to give it to you for only $3. Man, once you try Harry's, you're never going to go back to all that gimmicky nonsense that everybody's paying so much money for that they just don't need. Harry's is everything you need, and I love it. And I love you, and I know you love the podcast, so support the podcast by getting this great deal on your starter kit by going to harrys.com slash stevo. Yeah, dude. Now, let's hear about this crazy government. I think that that there, there, there's two things that really strike me as crazy about the, the developments with UFOs. Number one, it's crazy that the government uh, is all of a sudden just sort of saying, yeah, the UFOs are real. You know, there's like, you know, all this... Like the government acknowledging. You know, we did that. I did that. Wow. That's why they're doing that. But but what's even? I would say that I sound like a dick when I say that. <laughs> but I'm like, that's why. I, I have, there's a whole story here. But keep it, going. It's it's crazy to me that the the government's acknowledging UFOs are very real, and it's even crazier that that news comes out and like everyone's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, yeah, but interest rates are gnarly and like fucking COVID. You're like, what the fuck? Like that's how a lot of us. So what happened was. Is that book Seeker Machines? I I wrote that with an author, and I started my company to the stars, and we're gonna publish a book. And then when I put it in there, because I spent, I studied UFOs for like twenty years, and I was like, I, I figured out what's going on, not just like the bullshit you read or thing. Like I figured out it's like what's going on, and I was like, shit, if I put this out there and open my big mouth, I might get in a lot of trouble. So I should probably go ask for some permission. So I spent like a long time working my way in, and then I got into a group of people and in in they brought me in and um i was given all the permission so then i come out with the book and i go on national radio and all this shit well apparently that group didn't really talk to another group of some other three-letter places and those other places got really fucking pissed because uh here's this fucking rock star kid like like telling the biggest national security secrets that we got period and so they came and they were like we need to know who the fuck you are and who the fuck you're talking to and all this crazy ed snowden type shit and i was like hold on and i had to explain that like all this really classified crazy shit i i figured that out on my own i don't have anyone passing me like (laughs) like, dude i'm sorry man i was tripping balls i know (laughs) dude i'm all sorry i was stoned one night and i just kind of fucking did a puzzle and i was whoopsie you know so what happened then was um the you know Hillary Clinton was running for presidency against uh, I guess it was against Trump and uh, and John Podesta was her campaign manager. Okay. At the time, he was also senior advisor to Obama. So I was holding conversations with Podesta to get to Obama, and I had two multi-star generals from Space Command and the head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works that Skunk Works built Area Fifty One. Um, their elite engineering division. I had them all on this like fucking emails and we're setting up these conference calls and stuff. Well, Hillary Clinton's campaign got hacked by the Russians, WikiLeaks, and it outed all this shit about Podesta and her. And what happened with that was when all these news journalists were pouring through WikiLeaks to see what spilled from Hillary's campaign, they found these fucking emails with me and Podesta talking to these generals about UFOs. So Wall Street Journal threw that onto the wall street journal and then i was like 
fuck. I'm fucked. And I'm like out there like fucking erasing computers and doing all this different. I didn't know what to do. Um, and at that time, all these other government people that came out. Let, let me ask you, why would that be a problem for you if... <clears throat> I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong with exchanging emails with. Uh, that wasn't the issue. The more of the issue was like, <clears throat> the more of the high issue. High clearance security. Just all these guys are holding the secrets of the universe, <clears throat> and it's a much. What would happen in conversations is I just knew things, so I would say it. They might not say something back, but I'm kind of thinking that any of those conversations should not be fucking poured over by anybody okay. that wants to just come in and just like make a name for themselves at the bureau, <laughs> you know? All right. So I'm just like tripping like fuck. And then I, I can see that. Yeah. So what happened though is it gave me all this credibility because then all of a sudden all these other people in the government knew that I was like hanging around with some big boys so they all came out and said there's a better way to do what you're doing and then that's when my company was not just me it became something bigger and so the company came out to the public founded by myself one of the heads of the CIA and the head physicist for the UFO program and then I hired the program director the guy that ran the UFO program and then I brought on another like eight people from the DOD and the CIA so they're all part of my company and the first thing we did was take those videos to the New York Times and out the program. And then we went and spent two years briefing all the committees in the Senate and Congress and the director, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. So now you're seeing hearings. The DOD admitted UFOs were real. The Navy admitted, that's all us. The hearings at Congress and the UFO, the UAP uh, task force, that's all that. We started all of that. And it all started with me just being a little punk rock kid, just going, I'm going to fucking do this, not really knowing what I was playing with, you know? So, so I mean, it's super impressive, and, and I love how well you communicate, too. Your your ability to tell stories is, is really... Well, thank you. He's a highly evolved being. I, I'm, I, just, I'm just a very spiritual dude, man. <laughs> dude, I, I love it. Um, can, can you help us understand, like, what's the significance... Of UFOs. Like, They're not coming from, well, I should say this way. The significance of UFOs is, is multiple parts, but number one, it's not what you think it is. It's not coming from other planets. The evidence doesn't suggest that. Interdimensional. Yes. And the reason is because time is, um, <clears throat> time is parallel. It's not linear. Or it's not like we, we start here and go forward in time. Time is side by side, which means everything in the past and the future is exist existing in this moment, but within different frequencies. So a civilization that's at the end of their technological cycle could build a submarine that changes its voltage and materializes in that same location, just into our timeline. And then fucking, okay. it's crazy. That, um, that, that was well articulated. I, I like that. Have you ever had any like glitches in the Matrix where like... Like yes, time sped up for you, or like I've had no, that a couple times. Weird things. So, um, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but but the, when it was when I got more into this. So, so there's a consciousness aspect to this. Like you have to think of like um, consciousness is like it's like the mind of God. You know, it's not a dude in a toga with a crown of thorns making Jupiter. You know, it's like right. everything you see is one band of frequencies. Yeah. The highest frequency is light, unified mind. The lowest frequency would be blackness, absence, absence, absence of love, absence of whatever. Right. And, and physical matter is somewhere right in the middle, right? So you have the ability to tune up higher or tune down lower and behavior and all these things and time and it all fucking comes together. But what it means also is that your brain 
is what's called um, a transducer. You're an antenna. Consciousness. That's what I was saying to uh, uh, Duncan Trussell. Yeah, Duncan Trussell. So you create matter, and when you think something, it creates it. It's and you are not. You're not reactionary to your environment. You're actually proactive and you just don't know it. So it really matters what you choose to see and feel because that's literally what's being created for you. And people don't know this shit. So when you're like really into some crazy shit, the universe will start creating things and we just think it's paranormal. Yeah. Like, um, for example, at UCLA, they were studying poltergeist events and they found out that you can see a book move on the shelf and it scares you. But if you see a book move on the shelf and it scares the shit out of you, that book will then fly off the shelf and try and hit you. So the more scared you get, the more shit starts happening. And they didn't know why. Well, the reason is, is you're a transducer of your environment. You're an antenna plugging into all these frequencies. And once you go, oh, that book is moving, it'll move. You know, so it's yeah. fucking crazy. It's like, it, our universe, it's just not what we think it is. And, and the whole thing with UFOs, is that they're fucking around with us because of that, you know? Is it, is it not... Like, like, we're not... Think of UFO as, like, a vehicle right. which aliens are going to travel in. Yeah. And so should, should, we not, should we not be using the term aliens? Yeah, alien UFO? is hard only because it's like... That that makes us think it's coming from Mars or some shit or a different planet. Right. These are more like entities. These are more like right, a lot of them are. Um, you, there's a lot. There's like clones that are like uh -huh. just fucking like you think we made Dolly the sheep and we think that we're like you think that's all we've done in the '60s. We cloned a sheep. Uh, we might be a little bit more advanced than that. Right. So what is something else that's super advanced, doing AI and creating things that can fly around and tamper? Well, are they little program bots? Well, where's like the mainframe? Well, maybe the ship is alive in a mainframe, biological organism, but it's metal and whatever. But there's an intelligence to it because it. it's so advanced. Okay. So the so the theory that they they started showing up at the time we did nuclear weapons. They're not here to protect us. They're because that would be. Like they, they not interdimensional, that'd be from like outer space. No, to protect not interdimensional. Because the one thing we found out is that the EMP wave from a nuclear blast kind of travels through multiple dimensions. So it's uh, like that that energy is fucking up whatever's in that location, and maybe those people are like, "What the fuck was that?" Let's materialize into that other timeline and get those motherfuckers to stop. But the reality is, too, is UFOs have been around forever. Like, you're talking biblical, you're talking religions, you're built talking the, the, the pyramids. The pyramids, you're talking the Star of Bethlehem is not a star. The sun is big. The Star of Bethlehem is like a little ball of light that three dudes on horses followed for days and it hovered over a manger. So think about that. What is that? Ezekiel's wheels, you know, Fatima in Portugal. All these religious events are always the same thing. And you got to then go, well, what are they doing? What is happening from that? Well, we start cults. We go crazy. We create different religions. We have different belief systems. We get really scared because they prophesize the end of the world. They tell you that if you do something wrong, you're going to go burn in hell for eternity. But if you listen to what that voice is in your head, that's God. So do that. And then someone hears a burning bush and they go and start a religion. You know, it's like holograms and technologies and, and, you, and making people not be together you know making us think that there's a dude like Allah or Jesus that created the universe versus source intelligence there's just like your bandwidth your fiber optic cable just to like consciousness which is like the one power that powers the atom that's that permeates everything and we're all from it but as long as we think it's a dude and that 
group over there thinks it's a different dude, we're going to hate each other. Right. And we don't really mm -hmm. evolve and we don't really grow spiritually. You know, I'm sure you've heard the story. <clears throat> I went down the rabbit hole with, uh, you know, the, like they brought people to Alpha Centauri to live, like 13 people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Serpo. Is that true? I mean, what is that different than like what's going on now? Like, is, is, are stories like that true? Or they... I don't buy those I, I at all, but I do know some fucking crazy shit where like you, it makes you kind of wonder about the other stuff. So, for example, there were, I was, um, there's a document that leaked that described something coming from another planet and then it hit like a meteor and then it all came down and then we retrieved these bodies and the craft and whatever so I, I knew this document and then I was in a meeting I can't say with who and, and what, what it was all about but I found out during that meeting that that was misinformation the part about the meteor and coming from another planet and then they leaked the document and the whole point was for us to keep thinking these are coming from planets and shit um, because it's a lot less scary, you know, to think, well, well, they're super far away, so it's hard for them to get here, right. you know. But the reality is, is like the, the misinformation placed in documents that are already leaked on purpose is to slowly inoculate us and to mm. be okay with things over time. It's a lot easier to go, well, they're not coming from other planets, they're coming from here. But you already knew about them, so it's not as scary. It's not too much thrown on you at once. But the, the absurdity that comes along with this stuff is insane like in the sense of like dude i've been told so many fucking stories there's like shit where things just show up and um and they look you know totally human and then you turn around and it's not even there but you're on a ship in the middle of the atlantic and, and you're on an aircraft carrier and it's like there's a human standing there telling you to get the fuck out of the area and then you turn around and that fucking human's not even there you know mm -hmm. so you're kind of going well did we go to another planet like those things suggest what i would say is there is potential that something like that happened, but I would say 70% of what's in there is probably untrue or something. I think that there are things on other planets, but I think that what's really going on is like space time. They call it space time is because if you light a flashlight, that light travels for infinity. So if you were just like when we see a star, they always tell you you're seeing like we're seeing what happened like 30,000 years ago because that light yeah. just got here. So we're essentially seeing the beginning. We're seeing the same star, but we're seeing a different point in time mm -hmm. than where it's at. But we're looking at it. And that's the idea that I think in space, the way things stretch out with light is the way everything exists all in one moment. So I don't know how much planet to planet fucking transportation is going on. I don't doubt it. But what I do know is the things that are materializing here are doing it with frequency and timelines and stuff. And I did. When you said the materialize in a different, you know, time. Yeah. Like and and the describing the parallel timelines, that uh, was so digestible. Oh, like, that's I, cool. I, 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 was, that, I yeah. was able to to really like kind but, of get that. I I had a question that was keeping me up last night. Um. I read this book. Uh, was it with the Pleiadians? Have you heard about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> He's like I wrote it. With the <laughs> I fucking I I fucked a Pleiadian. It was gnarly. <laughs> it was the gnarliest things I've ever done. Um, it, it, this book. Uh, I forget the, the the lady who wrote it, but she was speaking to the Pleiadians, and uh, there was this theory presented in this book, which I read, which was that. Uh, Junk DNA. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Okay, so scientists refer to 
some 90% of our genetic makeup, of our DNA, as junk DNA. They, they cannot understand what the what purpose it serves. We only use, there's only, they, they can only identify 10% of our DNA as actually having anything to do with us as That's organisms. And the theory in this book was that uh, that entities at one point found uh, humans to be uh, dangerous, you know, uh, capable of too much uh, disruption, and went in and unplugged our DNA. It's hard for me to imagine that 90% of our DNA is junk that serves no purpose. That doesn't add up to me, man. I think that the universe is a little bit more intelligent than that. I think our biology is a little more intelligent than that. And if there's anything I've learned about my biology is that my boner is way harder and way more fun when I'm using Blue Chew tablets. And what are Blue Chew tablets? Well, they're delicious, chewable tablets that have the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except they only cost a fraction of the price. Man, dude, I had the best time when I noticed on the packaging that it said, uh, take one to two tablets. I was like, dude, I can take two? So yeah, I chewed up two, and I took Lux to Bone Town, to the Boneyard. Yeah, I parked in the pink zone, baby. She doesn't like when I say this, but I plugged into the meat socket. We both had the best time ever. And now... If you're thinking, but what about, like, uh, it's a prescription. I got to go to the doctor. Yep, except you don't have to do that in person at some awkward doctor's office. Hell no. You go to bluechew.com, and you consult with one of their medical providers online. Super fast, super easy, and your Bluetooth tablets are on the way. Now, for the best part, you get an entire month's supply completely for free. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. I'm telling you, man, could they be cooler? No, they couldn't be cooler. So maybe, my dudes, you want to have a super boner. Maybe you want to get super laid. Go to bluechew.com. Use the promo code Stevo for an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. Hey, you can thank me later. Now, let's talk about DNA. Because the purpose, the theory is that the purpose of the junk DNA, 90% of our DNA, was actually, uh, that, that was what made us inter interdimensional beings. Mm. And so by unplugging our DNA, we no longer operated in, uh, in, 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 in a other, higher frequency in, or something. Yeah, in, in other dimensions. Yeah. And, uh, and by, by relegating us to simply this 3D experience, then like without that without that DNA plugged in like we now kind of feel we don't understand why like why we're here like yeah. what's the meaning like we're kind mm -hmm. of just in the dark like they rendered us yeah. impotent in some kind of level yeah I don't doubt a version like that at all I mean I, I'm not a geneticist obviously anymore <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean, I think like the way it looks like to me, Barbara Marciniak, she was the author. The way it looks like to me 
is that something came here and tampered with DNA and all the chimeras and all the weird shit you see on pyramid walls. It's like half man, half bull and all this weird shit. Um, even when you look at the ancient Sumerian texts, it talks a lot about those who from heaven to earth came and, you know, they created a slave species. Like and the, so there's the Nephilim. A, the Nephilim was part, yes, the giants of the Bible, all that kind of stuff, you know, because the, 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 the fallen angels took women for wives and had give birth to giants. I mean, there's a whole series of stories and color that we can paint with that someone fucked with our DNA and I and I tend to think like that there's something that's been cyclical on earth where civilizations rise and fall in these Tower of Babel type moments where they will be as gods strike them down change their languages and all this weird shit I, I really believe there's truth to all that that as soon as we let off a nuclear weapon boom they show up again wow we were you know we put all these kids in a zoo and now they're building bombs we gotta fuck we gotta figure this shit out so I think what I've learned is that all the secrecy around UFOs was for good reason because we didn't know what it was then we thought it was aliens and we realized holy shit they're not aliens or something else and then we're like what do we do we need to study this understand this we need to build a weaponry or something on a way to push back we got to do something but it might take like 70 years and then like 70 years later i'm like sitting there like hey i got an idea let's talk about this and some of the people were like it's time to talk about it others were like it's not time but um it's nature so we got to kind of confront it regardless but it's very real it's insanely bigger than you think it is it's not just a few things in the sky it's very very big i got brought over to italy uh some dudes with italian um intelligence in vatican and un they were all there when the military base had these briefings and they showed me a map of the mediterranean and what was happening was is on the coast of sicily all these like apartments were like catching on fire like a microwave boom some books boom like the fucking couch boom and so the government came in and they're like what the fuck is going on here so they quarantine the area get everyone to leave and they're going why are things catching on fire they detected they detected these um, energy beams, energy weapons, or something that were coming off of the like, way out in the ocean in the Mediterranean. So this dude gets uh, he he was a colonel at the time. And he was in charge. Oh, what they looked out and saw were UFOs were out in the ocean fucking around. So the head of the UFO program and the head of the Italian Navy SEALs get on an unmarked civilian helicopter and just fly out to go see what's going on out there. As they're flying, a UFO pops out of the ocean and shoots their fucking helicopter down. I have the documents on the Italian intelligence letterhead. I talked to the dude, the two dudes I was in the meeting with that were on the fucking helicopter. I have pictures of the helicopter being chased by the <coughs> UFO and all the damage that was done to it with some type of microwave weapon or something. And what they found out was that there were airplanes and other helicopters kind of in the area, but the UFO knew that those dudes were looking for them. It's like they can read their minds. It's like we have drones that fly around and listen to people's like cell phones and shit. They do it with thought. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine in advance, sure. oh yeah, we don't need to listen to their phone. I'll just fucking point my dish yeah, <laughs> at yeah, Steve O yeah. and I can hear his, whoa, it's fuck, he's thinking of some weird shit. You know, like right, yeah, right, right. shoot him down. You know? So um it's it's just absolutely wild. So the map they showed me of the Mediterranean, they go, these are all the hot spots of what's happening with UFOs just recently. And there was hundreds of marks, hundreds all over the ocean. There are just things happening everywhere. Every day. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a big base under Puerto Rico off the. I think they're uh, in. I think they're 
probably Everywhere. i would imagine in all over the place in our oceans yeah yeah i mean there's so much i want to ask you because it's so fascinating for me um but I, maybe you can help me find this documentary i was i, I went down the rabbit hole on youtube 10 years ago and it was the man who spoke 100 language and he worked uh, he he visited the white house during the eisenhower and he was like well liked and everybody liked him and then I couldn't find this documentary anywhere so I'm like is this a figment of my imagination or there's these stories Valiant Thor and the um, the, stra yeah. the stranger at the Pentagon yeah 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 where a dude shows up that's super smart says he's from Venus uh -huh. and he's hanging out in the Pentagon at these things and he's giving us all this knowledge um two things uh, three things one it's either true or it's not two he's lying he's not from Venus or something or three, um, you know, he's maybe he's from here, or you know, in and he, he's lying from where he's from. Um, but the idea of, I'll say it this way: I personally, in my own opinion, subscribe to face-to-face -face interactions and technology transfer and all that kind of stuff. I believe there's a possibility for that to have existed. I say this because I have pieces of wreckage from the 40s under a defense contract with the government right now and you can look that up if you look up Tom DeLong army material you'll see all the articles it's the first it's the first time in history the US government's talking about doing you know a defense contract on purported UFO material we've had that for a couple of years it's being studied in like crazy ways I can't talk much about it but if I have that, I would imagine that some of the governments on the world have a lot more than I got, you know, mm -hmm. and they're not, we're not saying that this is real. We're saying it's highly, um, it's, it's highly anomalous. It's the engineering on this one piece looks to be fucking crazy. And, and that is still, still looking to be the, the case here after having this contract for the past couple of years, they've been studying it. So if there's nothing to this, we would have lost that contract like two months into it, you know? So we'll see where it goes and all that kind of stuff. But if, if I have a piece and it's looking to be pretty gnarly, then I'm assuming that other places have some way bigger pieces. So if, if that's the case, then, then, then it's easy for me to say, well, then I feel there's a high likelihood that there's been encounters. There's been, conversations there's been interactions there's been landings there's been technology transfers there's been something um but i i do not know like i can sit there and say yeah they brought me in and i hung out with this dude that said he's from venus you know that's never going to happen but um i just think it's highly likely that something like that exists mm. I, as a lay person i think that my takeaway so far my 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 general sense is that ufos this whole thing is a, a good thing because they don't want us to blow up the world with nuclear weapons. Well, people want that to be the case. I wish that was the case. The evidence doesn't suggest that's the case. Um, <coughs> I think UFOs don't want us getting too powerful. I don't think that... Because you don't just look at the nuclear weapons. you got to go back thousands of years and go... In the earliest documentations of mankind's encounters with the spirit world what was happening just macro brush stroke okay and it's always about managing suppressing consciousness confusing our belief systems Ooh. and and keeping us separate from one another and not letting us get powerful the, you know there was another component of the uh the that pleiadian theory which was that uh, and by the way i think it was like three hundred thousand years ago they said that they unplugged the dna um, there was another piece to it, which was that the the entities that unplugged us 
were uh, nourished not by physical matter but nourished by emotion yeah they actually uh were their 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 sustenance was and and specifically fear yes so fear feeds this this entity that that controls us mm -hmm. and so it's in their interest that we be afraid yeah there's a, i was just reading a book not so long ago where there's a ufologist that got invited to this seance thing where they were channeling and interacting with this like fucking demon or something and they're all sitting in a circle and then they put the one guy in the middle and he starts channeling and gets possessed by this entity and first the entity's like hey we're 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 our, we are these entities that are adjacent to you in another timeline and all this stuff and we can't feel emotion but we need you to host to help us feel emotion but then shit starts going horribly wrong paranormal stuff the temperature drops all this weird shit and everyone in that room except for two people died within six months and weird occurrences and this guy was one of the guys that didn't and what i find is really strange about that is that when you you know having a host consciousness in your body um and then looking at some of the visitations and what some of the evidence looks like it looks like there's there's beings that don't have it's like maybe they don't have souls maybe they're ai maybe they're a different life form like an insect that grew it's like well i'm not scared of a goldfish so i leave earth i come back 10 billion years later that goldfish is a t-rex and you're like yeah. whoa and then you leave earth and then you'll go that t-rex is now like a lot shorter and it's like a fucking lizard dude that's telepathic and building spaceships and you're like it took like 20 billion years but it happened because no one fucking fucked with this planet you know right so you can see how life just grows in a certain direction so then you kind of wonder well if something grew for millions billions of years that never had a consciousness to begin with like a fly or something and then now it can kind of pop over laterally into our fucking timeline it's gonna come on you like flies on dog shit. Oh, what is this, huh, what is this? And they're just like looking at you. Right. How scary would that be if you're in your bed and you got these big bug-eyed insects that are like, what are you, what is going on? And they start cutting you open and they're like, and then all of a sudden you get scared and they're like, that's an interesting energy. They're all, feel that, we can feel something. You know, I can see that being the case where emotion and feeling and love is like so gnarly. It's like, they wanna understand it, they wanna have it. But what if they figure out like, hypothetically, what if they figure out that, um that we're immortal that our soul is part of something greater and bigger right and we might die and have a painful life but we learned a lot of lessons and we might reincarnate you know to learn more whatever and they're sitting here going if we die we have nothing they're all we want that and then what if we have those interactions and we start writing books in the bible it says satan wants your soul demons want your soul you know it starts to all make a little bit more sense right the crazy bigger picture it's just me riffing i'm not saying anything <laughs> just me riffing so is that what they're doing when they're like abducting people like that the uh, fire in the sky movie the evidence the from people that have had interactions for fucking thousands of years including the past hundred years on all different types of people ethnicities and different fucking cultures and different continents tends to point the same direction that they're very interested in our consciousness and our soul and they're very interested in making sure that we don't know they're here and that we don't all align and understand who we are, what we're capable of. And like, because the truth is, is once we understand what consciousness is and it's not Jesus, <laughs> you know, right. once we understand that, then we start realizing <clears throat> you can move objects with your mind. You can hear people's thoughts telepathically. Like if you meet a chick and she wants to fuck you, 
that's telepathy, but it's such a primal animal frequency, you can feel it. Wow, this chick's like game, right? But if you see that same chick and she's sad, you don't really feel that just instantly. You might kind of. It's just not as strong and easy as like a sexual kind of frequency or something. Well, that's all telepathy. And I think like once we learn like what we're capable of and how to use, how to, how to transduce our environment. I mean, cause they're already doing this, dude. I just downloaded a shit ton of documents two days ago from the McDonnell Douglas corporation aircrafts in the fifties. And it's all from the tangential programs of the main UFO program describing how to merge your conscious and subconscious together to move objects with your mind and how that's going to relate to the propulsion system. It's fucking crazy. Your thought will move the craft. So, so th that's what Bob Lazar was talking about, how yeah. they're building the, the crafts. Was Bob Lazar, is, the reason we all know about Area 51 is because of him. My company, To the Stars, put out his autobiography. It's called Dreamland. It's rad. Yeah. It's totally rad. Yeah. And I, I, I believe him. I think he's telling the truth. When, when you say that they're worried, the UFOs don't want humans to become too powerful... I, and I think there's more than one too. Like I don't think there's like right. one group here. So it's hard. Like we all sure, 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 It's like I, it's like when we. It would be more right. better to say UFOs. It's probably better to say you know competing intelligences because who knows? Right. It's like you're in the ocean. You see a dolphin. So you're like, okay, so this place is full of dolphins. Then you see a fucking jellyfish. You're like, whoa, that's weird. You see a whale, but then you see a coke can, and you're like, then you find the boat but you're still not even thinking that the boat's from land, <laughs> right. you know? So we don't know. The universe has all that, you know? Fair, fair point. I just think that, like, when I think of humans becoming too powerful, that's a concept that I, that I can kind of grasp when I see the way, you know, just consider the way we've paved over the world. We've, like, you know, environmental destruction, you know, like, I feel like we've kind of become too powerful yeah i think you know i don't think anyone can disagree that like we're like destroying the planet and destroying each other which is like we have the technology to do that before we have the spirituality to not do that you know right it's like we this idea that you know but this is the other thing the universe to me it looks to be what we call duality where every particle has a counterpart. So every, sure. every atom has like a, a negative and a positive particle. The, the realm of the relative. And well, you have light, you have dark, you have opposites, mm -hmm. you have the past <clears throat> and the future. All, everything is like duality. So even when you look at Earth, there's a dual system. You have democracy and freedom and free will, and then you have authoritarianism and controlled and absence of love, absence of individuality, and it's competing systems, but I think it's representative of the universe we live in. You gotta think of the yin and the yang symbol. That's like very real, that's, the du that's duality. Every ancient religion talked of duality. We have heaven and hell. The Mayans had the two-faced God or whatever. The Gnostics have the exact same thing where you have you know, varying versions of a supreme loving kind of realm and something that's opposite that's entropy and falling apart and i think that like i think we're just stuck in the middle of it you know are you familiar with neil donald walsh um no but i am familiar with uh neil armstrong is he the same uh, no. <laughs> neil donald walsh wrote a series of books called conversations with god i've heard of that and i love that we both love that is it rad yeah okay it's super rad and the concept there is that um that the universe god 
is uh, absolute love, pure love. But being absolute, just one thing, you know, we've, we're all uh, familiar with the concept of oneness, you know, yeah. we're, we are all one. Mm -hmm. But as just one thing, being absolute love, it has no uh, ability to have experience because it's only one thing. It needs another, yes. something to relate A to. A reflection of itself. Right. Yeah. So, so the the actual universe, this is the theory, the universe is an exercise in that absolute love experiencing itself where it divides itself into Little a multitude pieces. of parts yep. so that each part can relate to the other part and only and, and in that move you go from the absolute realm to the relative realm yeah and relative meaning that you can't have nothing can be cold unless you have hot yep. you know nothing can be up unless you have down yep and so it's all you know that division of the absolute creates the ability for there to be experience. Yep, and I totally that, subscribe to that. And thus, we are all, and and all of creation is an exercise in God experiencing itself. Totally, and I think like you know, there's a guy who wrote a, a fascinating book called My Big Toe: The Theory of Everything. Is this like crazy physicist trying to figure out how it all works? And he said the same thing: if there is like one source unified mind the only way for it to evolve because you devolve or evolve is to break off pieces of itself and learn lessons without knowing the answer like we're in a quiz and if someone goes dude you can die you're immortal you're fine you're like oh shit then fuck it i'll jump in front of a train you know right. um, no, no, nothing matters but if you don't know that then you'll act differently and you'll learn differently and you'll you'll have compassion and all these different things and i and and then source can grow and I think the but the difference here is what's interesting is the way I the way I see it in my mind it's imagine you have like the shoebox of light and that's like the fucking love you know everything's combined and we're all one and then you have a shoebox of pitch blackness that's the absence of that and then you shove them together and all the light goes dark but all you're left with these little specks of light in the darkness mm -hmm. those are like stars and those are spitting out and those grow out onto planets and create these little life forms that experience things. And everything's existing in the same place. And that's where you get kind of the, the geometries, the, the, you know, they, they show you those shapes where the staircases spiral down or plants grow in a spiral. It's like holographic, like, like everything is existing within the same location going into itself. Almost like um, a hologram, if you look at it, and I see a picture of you in 3D and I break it into like a bunch of glass pieces, every piece contains you. Did you know that? I can take a broken piece of that hologram and look down and I'll see your whole body, even though wow. it's just like your ear. You know, it's like that's that's just every hologram that we fuck around with and we print with lasers and do something funny or cool with it. But that's kind of how the universe is. It's like Somebody, everything's within itself. Yeah. Somebody uh, just said one line that I just grabbed onto so much. Um, we are all eyes in the same head. That's pretty interesting. Mm. We are all dicks in the same underpants. The <laughs> <laughs> same, pretty much the exact same. You know, it's right, funny. Right, right. Did you ever think that you'd be here going talking about like, conversations with God and shit? Like, what I, happened to you? I, I mean, like it, it's something that began for me, like before sobriety and shit. You know, like I did drugs to the point where. Uh, where the compartments between different things yeah. eroded. Yeah. And, and, and I really, really, uh, 
latch on it it resonates with me what you said about the the frequencies high frequency is love and then down here it gets darker and Mm -hmm. you know and um from for me drugs became super spiritual like um where i had um hallucinations i was hearing voices i was like seeing like odd like like i was seeing people walk around who were never physically there i was hearing voices i was it was just all of this otherworldly shit and and i was so fucking like blown away by it i loved it so much i just kept piling more drugs into my body to keep it happening Yeah, yeah this was my spiritual connection and um the thing about that, it, as, it was as fascinating as it was, as much as I loved it, like it, I recognized that that was a dangerous approach to spirituality because the the drug I believe the drugs I was doing eroded the the barriers between other uh, yeah yeah it's like it's shit. opening up the dial and you get right. flooded with so much right, shit right right yeah. but but it's but by doing it that way you're letting in like just all fucking who knows what's coming in demon ass shit yeah you you're know? tuned into a radio station and you said let's just listen to all the stations at once <laughs> you know what, right. what drug did it the most for you what what drug dissolved the barriers the most or was it like it was three days of cocaine and 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 huffing like nitrous oxide that's gnarly but if he said estrogen he's all used to do so much estrogen <laughs> it was insane dude that's heavy yeah i mean yeah, people and, do and it would always be three days of cocaine and i then would basically do to do cocaine for three days and i'd be doing nitrous inhaling nitrous oxide the whole time and 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 the, the more sleep deprived more so gnarly like, yeah yeah like, they should have studied you in the government <laughs> because i think they're like they got all into LSD and all that shit in the 60s. Oh, we used to need the Steve-O kid. Like, we got to see what the fuck it's all. He knows everything about drugs. Let's fucking figure it out. But were you, like, doing drugs? You're like, all right, day two, I got one more day, and then I can start seeing some shit? Or it just happened? And you... I think day three, his body's shutting down. And he's like, probably time to stop. I don't know if it was a plan, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, like, it, it generally day three was, was where I was at. Uh, it's like Navy SEAL stretch. Hell Week. Except they're not on coke, <laughs> but there's <laughs> sleep deprivation and stuff. I, I, I was on my, my final stretch at that point. But, well, you know, like... Compared to now, and, and I've got like when when you were talking about how we're uh, we're not reactive, but we're we're inducers. We're inducers. We're we're creating our. We're literally right. this is quantum physics. Like we don't know this, but right. the scientists know this. Well, I, I, I I'm so so struck by that because um, for uh, for nine hundred and twenty four consecutive days. I've maintained an average of over 40 minutes of meditation every single day. That's fucking great. <clears throat> and wanna, I'm terrified to stop. Well, let me tell you something that's really dope. So, um, my friend Mark from Blink uh, got cancer, and he's cool now. Like, he got it all, like, it's all taken care of. <clears throat> but when it happened, I was like, I know that energy healing works. <clears throat> and so I called up my partner from CIA and he goes dude he's all it's very real he's all whenever we have people within the agency that get sick we send them to this one guy and what they do is it's a really cool story there's a PhD that saw this dude that was energy healing you know and he's like well I want to test you in the lab and so they set up all these experiments with all these mice gave all the mice cancer and the day before something the, the energy healer was like I can't do it 
And so they're just going to shut the thing down. But then one of the the the, clin- the the technicians told the PhD guy, she's like, well, why don't you just do it? You knew what he was doing. He goes, I can't do it. He's like special. No, he just puts his hands near something and focuses and tension and whatever. Just do it. You already spent the money. You already got the fucking mice that are sick. Well, all of these mice were 100, not 90%, not 70%, 100% going to die on day 27 because they gave him that type of cancer. They do it all the time. So he goes up there and he goes, okay, spends a few hours each day, hands on the cage, just intending, all you do is focus on destroying the tumors, helping healthy, healthy, healthy mice. Nothing's happening. It's like week two and there's a fucking nothing happened. So he's going to cancel. She's like, just keep going. Just do the full fucking 27 days. Well, like on day 20, 21, the tumors start exploding, starts healing all the mice. They take the blood out of the mice, go to a different cage, put it in that, but fucking heals those mice. None of the mice can ever get that cancer again. They then do energy healing on a cotton swab and they mail the cotton swab across the country, put that cotton swab in with some mice that heals those fucking mice. And what it's led to was a profound discovery that consciousness again is what dictates physical everything. And if you meditate or you pray or you get on your knees and fucking focus on, it doesn't matter when you shut your mind down and open up bandwidth to God, source, it doesn't, physics doesn't care if you think it's Allah, Jesus, consciousness, sure. just just <clears throat> shut your mind down. You can do anything because you're a transducer of your environment. So you can heal shit, you can heal cancer, you can walk on water like Jesus, you can lay on a bed of nails, you can walk across fire, you can levitate. My, my partner, physicist was dispatched by the DOD to the Middle East to check out these dudes that were meditating and levitating like we see in cartoons you know like ooh, you know the snake comes out and he let that was happening and they couldn't understand why because it was consciousness like so my point is is like we're so powerful we don't even know it and I'm not saying I know how to do all this shit but I'm telling you it's like real for sure I, I'm terrified of ever missing a meditation like I keep track of it on an app you know what you need to do this is what you need. I'm not, I'm not saying I know how to do this, but you you're you meditate like way more than I do, and I wish I did it like you. But what the real goal is to meditate while you're walking around, and that's like monk shit. That's my, like Jedi. My my deal is like mantra meditation. Okay. So like I, I'm just sitting still and and uh, yeah. You Could know, you I'm, imagine if like right now you're fucking locked in? Yeah, I mean. It, You'd be like Luke Skywalker. I'm telling you, it's like Jedi <laughs> I, shit. I, I've been, I, I really subscribe to it. Here's something that I've, um, I've, I've said said a lot. Like um, we were talking about it this morning. You know, like the most people's problem is that they don't have a a goal. Yeah. You can't accomplish or a purpose. Goal. You can't accomplish something purpose, without first yeah. identifying what you want to accomplish because when you have a purpose or a goal you are creating that remember like if you don't have one what are you creating like if you're working towards something you're envisioning it you're thinking about it you're planning it you're making steps to get there that is manifesting that reality that's how it starts and if you don't have that then it's kind of vacant you know for sure and uh and, and and once you've identified a goal then intelligence is is helpful for sort of conceiving ways to to you know accomplish it. Um, certainly, uh, talent is helpful, you know, for like. But nothing comes fucking close to enthusiasm. Interesting. Enthusiasm is the engine which drives 
the human experience. Like, it doesn't matter. I believe that, yeah. It doesn't fucking matter if I'm talented <laughs> or intelligent. If I fucking have passion, then I'm going to fucking, I'm going to yeah. make it happen. And then, as I, I, I related this, you know, this uh, many times, and then just out of nowhere, somebody offered up on their own without me even, they said, uh, the, the Latin root for the word enthusiasm is en theos which means with god wow that's dope so love so, that it's cool yeah so it's when cool. you're when you're when you're fucking on fire for something you're with god you're with god you're doing god's work you're doing the lord's work and and, and and i love that too man so when you're horny and you're really passionately horny <laughs> doing it i'm with god yeah <laughs> i mean uh i you know I, whenever um whenever people historically you know would, would ask me advice on something say you know like how, how do i do this well I, you know my first advice is whatever it is you want to do or get good at start doing it you know, yeah. don't wait for for someone to pick you don't wait for the Until stars it, yeah. to line up yep. you know start doing it with one caveat make sure that that you're not uh that you're starting that you're learning the right way because because we can like get all on one and then start like learning yeah. bad habits you don't want to learn bad habits that you're gonna to have to unlearn so maybe find a mentor somebody who's um done it before done it before somebody yeah. who, who can still make sure you're on the right track like you know? notice right yeah <laughs> find 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 a, a way to make sure that you're learning the correct way but waste no time start doing it and then i would say it doesn't matter what you want to accomplish it simply matters how fucking bad you want it oh i so agree it, with that that, yeah. that enthusiasm and i love um, that and, and i think that that for, for me this is where my meditation comes in is that uh is is that it if i feel that it it plugs me in i, I plug into this fucking source whatever mm -hmm. where like i bring I've got the inten the intention, you yeah. know. I've got the intention. I've got the fucking enthusiasm, and I just plug into the the the, the source, which I really, f I, fucking believe that the universe conspires in my favor because I meditate. <laughs> no, it does, I, mm -hmm. dude. Trust me, you're not the first person that 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 works for. Like I know people that are so hardcore on that because it literally dictates everything else is calm clear present and things just start happening for you because you connect and you let all the bullshit go and you just get like this the, the juice of fuel that you need i mean you're a consciousness you know you're a being that's living through consciousness so why would you not stop to refill fuel that tank you know i i totally subscribe to it and I think it's really awesome that you do it, you know. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, when we were, when I first met Mario, our buddy Mario, he said he grew up with you in, in you know, New Mexico, and he he said you just always go to people like, "Hi, my name is Steve. I'm gonna be on TV one day." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and, and 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 the, the I think the difference between you and somebody else is like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was there any doubt that one day you'd be on TV, I, or did I, you know? I I, I was uh, pretty. Cause that's enthusiasm. Yeah, oh dear, I tireless enthusiasm. <laughs> um, I, I believed that one of two things was going to happen. I was going to either make my mark and become famous in life, or uh, all of the, the the video that I was 
you know, recording and effectively stepping into a bottle would be discovered after I died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the two, but you will make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, that was what, everything that I was about. I was like, oh, dude, this footage lives forever. Like, this footage lives, so let me make sure this footage is fucking badass. I gotta, dude, I gotta tell you, when you did the fucking Wild Boy, with Wild Boys, yeah. that thing with the hot dogs and the lions was the gnarliest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Because like, uh, you just remember you falling from the hammock into yeah, the lions. Right. What the fuck were you guys thinking? So heavy. Yeah, it, it, it was heavy. The, uh, the, the first trip we took to to film the pilot for for Wild Boys, we went out to South Africa because that's where they had the great white sharks. We wanted to jump off the boat next to the great white shark. <laughs> that was crazy. like the main reason why we did the pilot in South Africa. We also we also brought a zebra suit, two man zebra suit, <laughs> for us to go on safari. We wanted to get a shot with the lion while we're so in the gnarly. zebra suit. They told us like. That's not how it fucking works. You don't fucking, you know, like, like, you don't fuck around with lions like that. Nobody, we brought the suit out there, the zebra <laughs> the suit. Fuck? We brought the zebra suit out there to do that, and they're, they're like, no, no, no. So, like, we, we would get in the zebra suit on safari, like, when there was, like, different scenes going on, but mm -hmm. never with an actual line around, because no one would let us do that. So we had all this footage, and then we're like, well, fuck, what, what are we going to do? And they had this company called Hollywood Animals in California, and so we got the final shot. The oh. final bit was was shot in uh, in California with one of these fucking so uh, funny so and, and, and so everything that the, where we're with lions like like up in the tree with the lions or, you know like that's Hollywood animals still scary dude dude, dude I don't give a fuck so, it's a yeah, lion dude yeah. was it not a lion all of a sudden yeah. it's still a lion it's, it's, it's a gnarly it's so and, gnarly and my my closest call with death was was uh, a lion climbing up a tree and and getting all on me and like moments before I. Uh, I had made some snarky comment about Siegfried and Roy. It was like, you know, oh, that's why really, you, you got you got a you got a lesson, a life lesson. Yeah, dude, I got I got a major life lesson. But dude, like among the most fascinating fucking conversations we've ever had. Oh, good, here, Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I I appreciate both you guys. Yeah, and dude. I got to jump back in the studio. Um, yeah, we big, appreciate you. Yeah, thank thank you so much. And. Um, yeah, did they, did, like anything, I'm, I'm going to steal this from Mike Tyson every time. There's millions of people, what do you want to say to them? <laughs> uh, what do I want to say? Um, what do I want to say to all these people? I want to say that um, a lot of people don't understand me or my thinking or what I'm doing. A lot of people hear the UFO thing and don't really get it. Uh, my company, To The Stars, has really gotten itself in a really cool position to help you understand all these things. Uh, that are a lot to digest for people and it still comes from this kind of rebellious punk rock skateboarder youth that I've always been which was like kind of do my own thing you know and I chase things that I think can make the world cooler or better or funnier or happier and um, I really believe that I'm kind of in the in the epicenter of a lot of really cool things but you know uh, that are gonna really influence the world but the the movies and all the things I'm making are really a direct result of the people I work with, the things that I've figured out, the things that we're doing with the government and like really trying to get people to understand that you're powerful, you're fucking awesome and you can make life what you want it. You just got to understand how it works. And that's kind of the realm that I think humans are in right now. We're going to start to learn because it's been secret for so long what we're capable of and how this all works. And it's going to profoundly change the human experience in a way that you're already discovering. You, I don't know, man. You're just not doing it yet. You questionable. Know? It's questionable. All right, thank you guys so much. Yeah, man. Thanks. Fuck yeah, brother. That was great.
All right, kids. And there you have it. That's one cool dude. I mean, one crazy dude, but one cool dude. I uh, really, really like him. And you know I'm going to say? I really, really like you for sticking around to the end of the podcast. My street team, the people that that really show me that love and who I appreciate so much. And let me, what can I tell you today? I just started signing the pages which are bound into the book, my new book. It's called A Hard Kick in the Nuts, What I Learned from a Lifetime of Terrible Decisions. It's a book of wisdom. Man, I, I got uh, quotes from Knoxville and Dana White on the cover, waiting on one from Whitney Cummings. And um, I, I think I can safely say the only way that you can possibly get a autographed copy of the hardcover version is by pre-ordering it and why is that is because man it's all about the pre-orders like on the first week when the book comes out it uh like automatically all of the pre-orders count toward that first week and that's going to have all kinds of bearing on where the book lands on the new york times bestseller list and dude this book is so ferociously good i'm dying for it to be number one on the new york times bestseller list and so please help me get there i'm promise you this book will not let you down it's juicier than hell and if you go to just to my website stevo.com right at the top of the website it's click here for the pre-order and you got to pick the right distributor to get the signed ones but yeah i'm up there signing these pages like crazy it's the legit dickograph it's the epic book and please pre-order it at uh stevo.com a hard kick in the nuts i love you thank you so much Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.